Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm going to get him on here. We got to figure it out. I put, I'm a gambling man. I put the over under at, what are we, March, the middle of March. I'm going to say you will have Tom Cruise on this podcast. I don't know his movie schedule, what the hell he has going on. I'm going to say September 5th, around 3 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. He's the first actor to have six consecutive $100 million grossing films. He's shrouded in mystery and yet to many is one of the nicest and hardest working people. We love Tom Cruise. We are inspired by Tom Cruise. And while we work in Hollywood, we've never actually met Tom Cruise. So we're going to talk to some people who have. We'll hear some great stories and maybe, just maybe, one of them one day will lead us to the man himself so that we can have stories of our own. Our own stories of meeting Tom Cruise. On January 28, 2021, the United States established an elite podcast for the top 1% of all podcasts. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of awesomeness about Tom Cruise and to ensure that the handful of men and women who would listen to this podcast were the best in the world. They succeeded, gentlemen. Today, the <laughs> listeners call it the best they've ever heard. The hosts call it meeting Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here like Eric Roberts. We're the best of the best and we keep getting better. To my left, when he speaks, the mission is always accomplished. He's Joel Johnstone. Hey, Joel, you ready to save the world? Dude, if that had been your intro from the get-go, we'd have at least three more listeners. At, at least. least three more. We could have doubled our number, dude. Maybe a dozen. And to uh, my right, like Kittredge, he's always upset. He's Alec Lev. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Alec, uh, kill anything today? Uh, I'm try- your dreams yet? I hope. swear to God, I wrote down that Alec will say your hopes and dreams. I'm not yeah. messing yeah. around. Yeah. Guys. I was thinking about Tom Cruise this week because last week, Sarah Wright Olson dropped a bomb on us after we stopped recording. We asked her if she gets the famous cruise cake. You guys remember this? We didn't record that? No. We didn't record it. for the love. It happens. It happens, but we're going to talk about it now. So just to let our viewers know that Alec. We don't have viewers. We don't have viewers, Jeff. We have listeners. Why are they not viewers? They're not. uh, They're called listeners, aren't they? People. (laughs) <laughs> to to all of our uh, uh, listeners out there, Alec is skeptical about this whole cake thing, right, Joel? He thinks that there's just some assistant, some second assistant out there that just writes, you know, has a list and sends out the cakes every year. He bakes every one of those cakes by hand, Alec. Every one of them, man, comes back from Italy or wherever he's shooting. How dare you? How dare you? And this is our proof. Sarah Wright Olson told us that she is gluten-free. And didn't she say something about how she like doesn't like coconut or something? So Tom Cruise says, yeah. well, that's okay. You get your own special cake. So now we know. Now we know yeah, it's yeah. not just the coconut cake. Everybody, she gets it. She gets a gingerbread house. Yeah, yeah, that her kids can build just for her kids. What do you think of that, Alec? And there's like less sugar in it and everything. Uh huh. Yeah, I think I think that George Clooney is out helping people in Darfur, and and Tom Cruise is building uh gingerbread cakes. It's it's cool too. Oh my God! I hope I will. Bury you. I hope the Dodgers finish in last place this year, Alec. I hope they finish in last place. No, she uh, she just kind of that just that, that helped me and Joel know that yeah. Tom Cruise is the greatest human being alive. Right. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. just gave us a little more insight into that. How many ca- how many cakes do you send out for the holidays, Alec? 
Yeah. What do you do for people? You don't even enjoy the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, what do you do to give to other people? Because Tom Cruise sends out thousands of cakes and gingerbread houses. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. This doesn't prove that Tom Cruise, what did you say, Joel? Bakes the cakes for everyone. He spreads holiday cheer. He spreads holiday cheer cheer thank you very much Joel. Yeah, there you go I, yeah I, I i don't do that no <laughs> the other no. thing that we learned from sarah Wright olson is that she she told did, did we record this or not we didn't record this thing about the workout thing of course we recorded it and we talked about it for quite a while i'm sure our listeners remember but we could remind jeff here sarah said this he has a gym a trailer that's turned into a gym and in the mornings before work he challenges everyone to come into the gym and do like a 12 minute challenge or whatever. And, and it's all up on the board. So it tells you like you're doing this many setups, this many, whatever. And he wants everybody in there at the same time to do it together. So there'd be like 20 of us in the trailer in the morning. We did record that. So let's just talk about that for a second. So Tom Cruise just says, hey, cast and crew, let's get together and do a workout challenge every morning. Let's just, who can pump out 50 push-ups at the same time? Who can do 20 burpees in a minute? Like, I just freaking love him, man. Uh, for me, the most amazing part of that story was that it was, yeah, so 20 of us get together in Tom's trailer. I'm sorry, 20 of you get together in Tom's trailer. 20 people can't fit in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, didn't JLS tell us like it's not one trailer, it's like a like like a city? It's a compound. It's a series of tubes. <laughs> anyway, what do you guys think? Cuz I think we should do the Tom Cruise workout challenge. Yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's uh hang on, I got my calendar out here. I'm I'm entering. What, what when do you when do you guys what works for everybody? 6 a.m. We pump out like I'm out. I'm out. Nope. No. No. Not we're not going to do that. Fuck it, I'm out too. <laughs> Uh, coming up, we got a guest, you guys, I, this guest, I'm like, I'm fanboying over this guest, but, uh, we'll, we'll hear it? from that guest. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell you though okay, it's already, all right. though, though all of our listeners can see it on the thing, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to make it exciting this moment, but for now, Alec, question of the week. Yeah. The question of the week is what's up with Tom Cruise's characters and their daddies? Cancel that guest because this is going a while. Cancel that guest. I know. So we have uh, full disclosure audience. We have been circling this one, but we're not sure how deep we're going to get. We don't know. This is a big deal. We call this we call this daddy issues. Tom Cruise has got daddy issues. Uh, we've all got some stuff to say about our daddies and Tom Cruise. I can't think. Let's start it with this. Help the listeners out into what we're talking about. Okay, so what we're talking not er not all of them put themselves through watching fifty Tom Cruise movies last year. Why? Why haven't they done that? How dare you? And it's not you know it, he's got fifty one credits, but it's not quite fifty movies. How dare yep. you? Yep. It's very yep. easy to do. It only takes six months. Yep. Um. Okay. So we know right off the bat that once he became Tom Cruise, which is let's call it Top Gun, is when he started to make. You know, he he started to be an influence on the script. Everything, almost every movie for the next decade and a half had to do with either a dead daddy, uh, a, a really bad dad, uh, living in the shadow of a dad, and and in or a completely or, or completely ostracized from the dad, a la Rain Man. 
What's ostracize mean exactly? We don't have time. We don't have time. We don't, don't have time. time. We don't have time. Don't so have time. just don't try not to use big words. It has to do with ostriches. <laughs> it does have to do with ostriches. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So here we go. We know that in Top Gun, he had an, a, a dead dad uh, that he was living in the shadow of. I believe Color of Money, he talks about his father as well being that way. Very briefly. but yeah. Rain Man. Rain, Rain Man's a big one. That's the big one, right? That's the father who has died who absolutely was awful to him and did not leave him any money in the will and the only thing he left him was that car right isn't that what yep. it is leaves yep. him the car yep. Yep. and as, as 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 like a fuck you because he could have left him millions and he just left him the car okay we can't do the plot we can't do the entire plot of every movie jeff <laughs> yep days of thunder had a terrible father he remember when he's drunk in the truck he talks about how his dad was the one that like messed up his whole career can't do the whole plot far and away dead dad dies in his dead arms dad dies in his arms remember when he dies and then comes back to life for a second that was like a comedic moment that was a strange comedic <laughs> oh, daddy, moment for... oh daddy's gone dead. oh there he is there he is <laughs> <laughs> remember they get scared jesus dad <laughs> he, like comes back uh, a few good men another legendary one he's living in the shadow of his father yep. right legendary yep. jesus jeff legendary wait a minute hold on legendary and a few good men turns out there was a little black girl that wanted to go to school in an all white and so and so cafe <laughs> that was my miserable nicholson doing that but wait it's not <laughs> legend his relationship with his father in that movie was not legendary right can words have meanings? No, I just like to make them okay, big fine. and exciting. Okay, yeah. big and exciting. Yeah. Keep going. Listen, there's 45 movies to go. Jeff, would you say that he was ostracized from his dad in that movie? When his dad gave him an ostrich for his birthday, <laughs> that just really <laughs> stuck with him. And then fast forward to War of the Worlds, uh, and there's some films in there in between with daddy stuff, but we know in War of the Worlds, he then became a father himself, and I believe... It goes that he was the same age as his biological father. Teacher, got my father. hand up. Teacher, got my hand Those up. raising his hand. Oh, yeah. You're, yep, you're passing okay. up the best example of them all. Oh, no. What did I miss? Magnolia. Oh, oh my hello. God. What am I doing? Jesus what are you doing? Death. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's right. Because of nothing better all. than a, yeah. a dead dad lying in a bed. Is he yeah. still alive? No one else in that scene is alive. Oh, that's right, Alec. Oh, no. <laughs> He's right. Because Philip Seymour Hoffman's also <laughs> He's right. He's right. Yeah, and Jason Robards like died very shortly after that. Like he knew he was dying when he was filming that. Really? Dads mean a lot to all of us. And dads mean a lot to all of us. You know what else do? Dogs, children, <laughs> peace. You know what we all need? Air. Uh, air means a lot to all of us here on Meeting Top Cruise. <laughs> you know what tastes so good when you're thirsty? What's that? Water. Uh, water means a lot to us here on Meeting Tom Cruise. You guys are the worst. All right, tell us more about dads. You know what means a lot to me? My dad. Okay. okay? So I'm going to talk about my dad in a minute here, okay? okay. And then you two could talk about your dead dads, okay? okay fine. So okay, we'll get fine. there in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Wow. Wow. Gauntlet <laughs> dropped. <laughs> dropped. <laughs> Mine's still around. <laughs> I got to talk about my living father. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what to the audience if you don't know this because i can't believe you haven't read up on tom cruise what we know is that his father left at a very young age uh he says that his dad it says here in a 2006 interview he said that his father was a bully and a coward the person where if something goes wrong they kick you it was a great lesson in my life how he'd lure you in make you feel safe and then bang that's mm -hmm. a hell of a statement to say about your dad i guess he then left abandoned the family and then did you know he had a stepdad 
who had the coolest name in the world. His name was Jack South. That's a good name. That is a good name. Jack South? Yeah, that's Tom Cruise's. His mom remarried and remarried a man named Jack South. I mean, if I ever have to visit the SAG office next time, I may change my stage name. Joel South? No, Jack South. It's awesome. And I just heard uh, Cruise in an interview saying he was like working jobs since he was eight years old. Right, that it was just yeah, yeah. He achieved like a like a paper route, and then he would get home and massage his mom's feet. He was a good he was a good son. Uh, <laughs> I just saw something about feet that I'm reading through. So, do we even touch on our dads in this situation? Is there a connection, or do we just say that this is interesting that Tom Cruise has this theme through most of his films? We found out quickly that he hasn't played a father in a lot of his movies. So I don't know if that's a thing. You know, I don't know how I, we know that after Top Gun, he had control of scripts for the most part. So it is really interesting that this has been a theme going on for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I Okay, here we go. Alec, your parents were divorced. Did, you, did, did they divorce or did your dad just die? My <laughs> my dad died. Then they divorced. It was it was very it was very quick. My mom got everything in the divorce. Actually, <laughs> boy, that must have been a rough time in your family. <laughs> so your parents, so your parents were through your whole childhood. Your parents were together. Yes, Joel, yours were divorced. Uh, uh after I left home. So so it wasn't really. Okay, so you grew up with effective with, to my to my formative years at all. Okay, okay, and I and I did have divorced parents. But I had a great relationship with both. So we, I don't think, can really understand what he's going through in that way, right? Because we had good relationships with our dads. I, I Yeah, my dad was my best friend. Yes, I had a, I had a fantastic relationship with my dad. Alec, when did yours, when did yours pass? When I was 17. In fact, oh, I okay. just passed, uh, I believe it was on February 2nd, I passed the date where I was alive on Earth the same number of days that he was. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Wow. He died young. Yeah. There's like a lot of, you know, anniversaries that go by the first 10 years, the first 20 years, the first, um, you know, he died when I was 17. Then when I was 34, oh, that, that was sort of a turning point. But this was like, this is it. This is exactly how old he was. You've now lived longer than your dad did. Well, also just like, I'm such a childish fuck. And like the idea of like really understanding how young he was. Yeah. Yeah. I was just listening to Hamilton with my son. And the fact is, if we were at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, we'd be the oldest men in the room. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be dead now. Yeah. We would be the grandpas. Be like, uh, can we get the old guys to sign this? But yes, Jeff, point is, uh, when I go to write anything ever and if there is a father involved the question is not i'm not it doesn't interest me to write about fathers that left fathers that weren't good fathers that were abusive anything like that mine would more be about what does it mean to to lose a father to be to become a father when you don't have one anymore um so yes his stories are are would not be my stories and it is striking that they are all the same thing over and over you could also argue that it's just great for drama, right? It gives him an immediate inspiration to be better than he is, to be something different, to fight against something that he doesn't want to be. Right. But clearly there's got to be some connection to real life in there. Yeah. And it means a lot to him. I mean, that's a good point that you just said that I don't think about when I'm writing about my dad, but I do think about my relationship with my mom growing up, being raised mostly by a single mother uh, and our relationship, uh, good and bad and all the stuff that went along with that. Those are the things that 
that as an artist inspire me more than being like, yeah, my dad and I, we just, we love to go fishing and snow skiing. So yeah, he's it, deeply impacted. It, it It is, it is part of, I mean, just, just like more meta part of the standard, what we've come to accept hero's journey to have issues, paternal issues. You can look at the, I mean, Disney name, a Disney movie. And oh my gosh. it's either complicated or the dad's dead. Um, that's why my right. son keeps like, oh, let's watch this again. I'm like, nope, dad dies. Nope, dad dies. Nope, dad dies. <laughs> but it, the craziest part is it's mommy a lot, right? And Ariel loses her, her. There's no mom in that. Nemo loses his mom violently at the beginning oh, of God, that movie. Barracuda. Yeah, yeah. I was watching Nemo last night. I was watching that last night. I forgot about that. Yeah. You yeah. forget that the inciting incident in, D- in those Disney movies is like hardcore, man. They don't mess around. You know what's funny is at the very beginning, like the mom comes out of the thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's right. Who voices that mom? Why do I not remember her?" And then, like, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> She's about to get chewed into a million pieces by a barracuda." <laughs> Joel, do you want to? Uh, because I love hearing stories from you. Talk about your dad for a minute. Talk. Give us a my, second here. My There's dad, no my dad and I were as close as a father and son could get. Um. I, I moved to New York when I was 18. I moved to Los Angeles 10 years later. I kid you not. I, I, I counted one time how many plays I had done in my life. And I think the number is somewhere in the high 40s. He didn't miss one. He did not. No way. I did one. Remember we did the, we did the, the, the British program in, in the summer. I went back. Yep. I went back for a whole semester. And we did one performance, one performance. We rehearsed for three months of Twelfth Night. He came out. He showed up. Your dad traveled from... from Traveled from Milwaukee to London, stayed for a week to see the one performance of Twelfth Night. Wow. Did not miss a single show. That's a good dad. Yep, yep, yep. That's a good dad. Uh, Speaking of, I don't know, Tom Cruise, um, (laughs) I'm just happy you guys, I I, I wanted you both to talk, I want us to all talk about our dads because our dads are all very important to us and they have, you know, I haven't said much about my dad, but my dad too, like Joel is my best friend and, and, and like Alec and, and all three of us. So we can't really relate to what he went through, which is having someone abandon you. That kind of really would shape you, I think, right? Yeah. Your dad almost made me cry, Jeff. The first and only time I met him, I went over and I introduced myself to him at, at your birthday party. And, and, and I was like, Mr. Meacham, I'm, I'm Joel. I have to leave right now. Cause I got a, I got a, I got a newborn myself and, um, we got to go. And he goes, I hope he turns out as good as my Jeffy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just, he's just melted my heart, melted my heart. And I told him, trust me, he's going to be way better than Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> What is the movie that means the most to me and my dad was Field of Dreams. Of course. And now that was legitimately, you know. How do you even watch that movie now? (laughs) Exactly. It's like this movie was built to destroy me. And I can definitely see it. I my my tradition used to be that on the day he died, on October seventeenth, every year I would watch Field of Dreams. Oh my god! And then at I can't remember maybe the ten year, fifteen year, I kind of put an end to it. Like okay, that was a great tradition. We can move on. Then it kind of brought it back. Started showing it to my my kids again, and it really is spoiler alert when it turns out he builds this whole thing to bring his father back, and he says, "Do you want to have a catch?" It's like yeah. you can't. You, no. you, there's no you can't hold there's no even attempt to hold anything together it is the perfect <laughs> my com, coming together of all things in my life my buddy joe parsons used to do a perfect in college he would put this little just a little lilt on the word catch he'd go hey dad 
want to have a catch. He would always just like <laughs> slightly cry on catch. And even Joe doing it as a joke, I would get misty. Uh, I'd be totally. like, yeah, no, that scene, that, totally. that one does it. God, yeah. that's a good movie. Uh, okay. So oh, let me, uh, let me ask you, Jeff, do you feel that the movies that do have these daddy's issues for Tom Cruise are his best movies dramatically? Can you, can you think about the ones that don't include those? Is there something spicy about that you think it gives to his performance no i don't because even though i, I want to say yes to that but at the same time i think collateral and and what he did in edge of tomorrow and even now watching american made again after we had sarah on I, I just think some of the other performances but maybe yeah maybe on a whole you know those performances are fantastic and 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 i think we can all agree there's no oh oh i'm sorry and in Jerry Maguire, he does mention his father. Does he? Does he have daddy issues? And I want to can't remember. Like he must have some. Um, well, they're kind of like right to, transferred into the kid. And right, he, but doesn't he say something? It's I, I don't remember. Oh my god, Jeff. What you, Joel? Both of you've been wanting to do this for months. This daddy issues yeah. episode here. We've done it. This is it, Joel. What does it all mean? Tom Cruise, daddy issues. Sorry, I was just looking at some sports scores. Okay, Je Jeff. You, yeah. daddy issues. What does it mean? Tom Cruise. Everybody needs a dad. You know what I mean? Except for you two. <laughs> <laughs> and now, commercials. All right. I couldn't be any more excited for this next guest uh he knows i'm 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 kind of marginally obsessed with him possibly a little bit of a stalker and i'm lucky enough to be on one of his shows recently he's uh he's been on jimmy kimmel live uh, i know him because i used to be uh, all into listening to him on guess the lines with bill simmons now he is got his own mega podcast conglomerate called extra points you can also see him as the host of or, or one of the guests are you a host on lock it in no you're the you're the guy I don't know. They say co-host, but then, you know, Rachel runs around calling herself host. Yeah, yes, I'll say co-host. That's fine. I think I co-host. I co -host. Yeah, you're the expert. Yes, that's, uh, well, I'm not the expert. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Unlock it in on Fox Sports. Cousin Sal is here, everybody. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. I don't know what... Um, Here's how it works. You, to us, are a... You're just a vessel. Uh -huh. You're it's not so much about you as much as how you can get us to someday meet Tom Cruise with your story of Cruise. Mm -hmm. So here's here's what we want from you. Can okay. you give us a give us a, give us a 2 minute uh a rundown of your life. Just your life <laughs> right up till the moment you met Cruise. You know, <laughs> just a, you know little little highlights. Think of it as a 2 minute warning. Star star where where are you from? Where are you from? Okay. I'm from, uh, born in Brooklyn, grew up in Long Island, uh, went to college in upstate New York, came down, had nothing to do after that. My cousin Jimmy uh, was going to give me a job as a phone screener. Jimmy Kimmel was a, a radio DJ in um, 10 cities in seven years. He got fired from every single one of them. <laughs> so he was going to give me a job as a phone screener after college in uh, Tampa, I believe he was. And then that fell through. So I was forced to go to law school. Um, this is pr pr pretty much a, a common career trajectory so far, right? Makes so I, sense. I go yep, to law school in New York. I hated every minute of it. I graduate. I'm a lawyer. I uh, I do closings in Long Island and and the Bronx and Manhattan for a year. And I was like, I have to get the hell out of here. I can't take it now. At this point, my cousin Jimmy is a little more established. He's got Ben Stein's money coming on. 
Um, he's going to be, he's going to be a host or co-host of that. And, uh, and also he's like, come out here. You could write these syndicated sports radio bits that I do. And you could write for me on when Ben signs many, I had already always done characters on his radio shows. So okay. it was a natural fit. At least we thought, so I moved out there and, um, and then the rest is like, I don't know. He gets the man show. He gets the Kimmel show. His, his stock rises and he meets up with celebrities like, Tom Cruise. And then I can launch into our story. I mean, that's the, uh, that's the cliff notes version of my life up. But until that was time. it. So you're, you're, you're working for Jimmy Kimmel live. You're you, you, at some point meet Tom Cruise. Give us, give us your, if you remember, do you remember the first time you met Cruise? And then of course your great Cruise story. You know, actually, I never met Tom Cruise. I just wanted to come on the podcast. I can't believe you idiots fell for it. No. Um, again, Jeff, we fell for it again. Uh, I met Tom Cruise, I think, uh, three or four times, probably three times. So we met him. He came to the show. He and Jimmy, my cousin Jimmy, ziplined across Hollywood Boulevard. And as you know, he does all his own stunts. He's a maniac. There's no reason for him. This is not a movie. This is just a, a stupid talk show. You could talk for eight minutes or you could zipline across for 20 seconds and then talk for seven seven and a half minutes. He's like, no, we're zip lining. And he did that. And I met him and he was very nice. And he, he's one of those guys. Like uh, I forget everyone's name immediately. And thank God your names are all on the, your, uh, your boxes here. So I can remember <laughs> for at least for the next half hour. But, um, he like, he's one of the guys that looks in your eye and is sincere and just like nods and listens to what you're saying. And then remembers you the next time he really does. There's some people, Bill Clinton, they say is like that. Tom Cruise is, is really like keyed and, and locked in and remembers you. And then, so the next time is the big story. If you want me to, yes. Uh, are we ready? Yeah. Here we go. Okay. We're here. So, We're here for this. Oh, Everybody. Here we go. My cousin, Jimmy would have, um, football Sunday at his house, right? I have heard about football Sunday that I have heard. You have great right? legendary now. Yep. Legend. I use the word. It's I use, I do not use that word loosely. Yes, I do. But <laughs> well, it is legendary in that it's a thing of life when that he, it doesn't happen anymore. So, yes, I'm, it's very sad. We're all on our own now because Jimmy's like, you know what? I have uh, ten thousand dollar rugs and you guys are um, rubbing raisinets into it with your slimy shoes. So you're out. <laughs> but um, but back then he would have it every Sunday and either, either he would cook or some chef would come and cook. And I remember Steve Moderata is a great uh, Italian chef um, and he came at um, like 8.30 in the morning. And you know, the games in the West Coast start at 10 in the morning. So I'm there at 9.30 because I have to get all my bets straight and I have to get the screens arranged and everything else. And he's putting together this seven-course meal. And if that wasn't great enough, Jimmy gets a call or a text or something from Tom Cruise, who I think... Uh, a couple weeks before he had said, you know, he had put it out there. It's like, yeah, we watch football on Sunday if you ever want to come over. And everyone says, yeah, we'd love to come over. I'd love to stop by. And then they never do. And Tom Cruise says, uh, my mother and I would like to stop by for football if that invitation is still valid. Like, Stop it. His mom? <laughs> yes, his mom who is now uh rest in peace. Is he also the only guest to ever bring their mom? <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. It didn't oh work. You would think it would have worked out um, before then, but no, he brings his mom. So we're all delighted. And Jimmy's like, please be on your best behavior. Tom Cruise is stopping by with his mother. And, uh, Cruise comes by with his mother and they have this giant coconut cake, which I know you guys are familiar with. Very much so. Cruz gives us out on Christmas Jones. to all his favorite people. And then some of the, you know, mid-range people who he kind of likes. And <laughs> I always end up with Jimmy's cake because I love coconut. 
and I'm a big fat pig and Jimmy doesn't care for coconut. So maybe just Tom Cruise just keeps these things in his garage. It's not at the bakery. He's just got (laughs) them ready. I told you this before, Alec. He bakes them himself. (laughs) Does he have a coconut farm? Yeah, I don't know how how he would uh, produce so many of these, but there have to be hundreds of them. I don't know what goes on. A coconut cake farm. So he brings them and... uh, and we're all pretty cool about it, right? We're trying not to get in his, his face, except for Adam Carolla. Um, and then has to demonstrate his touchdown dance, which um, we've now seen since in the last 20 years. But back then, this was a big thing. Adam would crouch down, pretend he's reading a newspaper, and then let the ball fall from his uh, from his tuchus. And that was it. So as he was taking his shit. And this is supposed to, uh, and Tom Cruise is looking around and he's looking at his mother who is none too impressed. And, uh, but we survived that the cruises are staying for the second game. So that's God great. Bless mom. God bless mom for getting through that. Yes. Oh, oh, he's on the toilet. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so if that isn't bad enough, Jeffrey Ross is there oh, no. and, uh, he and I are uh, comedian Jeffrey Ross and we're feuding at the time. So Jeff Ross, to take you back a little, about three months before, was on Dancing with the Stars, and he was just terrible. And he had this partner, and her name was Edita, and he had kind of fallen in love with her. It's a weird thing. These guys fall in love with their dance partners. Maybe it's just something I don't understand, but Jeff was no exception. Um, <laughs> and he was not a good dancer. Jeff received, he writes about this in, in, in his, his book, but he scored, the judges gave him a 12, which at the time, three judges, a 12, so that's four each out of 10. It was At the time, it was the lowest score ever um, <laughs> on Dancing with the Stars. And to add to it, during rehearsal, he got poked in the eye. So he had to wear this eye patch for the second <laughs> week he came out there. While dancing, he had to wear it? While dancing, yes. <laughs> and he made a joke of it, and it was really funny how, how he did it. But anyway, um, it comes down to uh, who's getting voted out that night. And the person kicked off Dancing with the Stars back then would immediately come to Kimmel and get interviewed by Jimmy. So Jeff thought we had a heads up as to who this person would be. And he asked me, he's like, is it me? Just tell me. And uh, I told him without having any knowledge, I was like, you're safe. And he's like, really? Are you sure? I was like, yep, I'm sure. Just don't say anything. You're safe. Oh, no. So you could actually see when it comes down to him and Kim Kardashian is the final two. You know, the Bergeron does the thing. They build suspense, the drum roll. And Jeff looks to edit it and says, don't worry, we're safe. He's using my words on the text. And then sure enough is like <laughs> the next to go home. Boom. boom Jeff and Edita. <laughs> and he is just stunned. He is so mad and stunned and he didn't think he had to prepare any humor because he thought Kim Kardashian was going home, even though he had the worst combined score ever, which was a 12. So he's stunned and he's mad at me. It's such a dick move, Sal. Oh, it really is. And I text him back. I'm like, dude, I think I fucked up. (laughs) And now he is not talking to me. He's very upset. The Roastmaster General, apparently there is a, there's a handbook where as to how you can prank people and, and etiquette. And I, I crossed the line (laughs) and that's not, that's not how you deal with people. So he's really, really upset with me. And I probably made it worse because I went on radio shows. I think I went on Corolla's show and he's like, if you could do it again, would you? And I was like, yeah, I think I would. <laughs> I know he's mad, but he's got to get over it. This is this is tops and one of my pranks. So I gotta. I think I would. Oh. So he got very upset with that. So we're at the Tom Cruise football Sunday, and he's not talking to me. And Jimmy says, "Why don't we let Tom and his mother decide who's in the wrong here?" 
And I was like, sure, I don't care if they want to participate in this nonsense. It's uh, it's fine. And so Sarah Silverman, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, girlfriend at the time, was going to represent um, uh, Jeff and Jimmy was going to represent me. It's like a few good men, except now he's the judge. He is not. The, we, we're trying to see who's whose truth he can handle at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so a full Jimmy, trial. it's a full trial it. happening. It really is. And it went on for like 40 minutes and everything was like yelling back and forth and to a point where we forgot that Tom and his mother and the coconut cake were in the room. And we're just carrying out this argument as if it was a, another football Sunday where the Tom and his mother and the coconut cake weren't involved, but they were. And so then after a half hour or 40 minutes, we looked to them and Tom is like, he's like, I, I, I could tell he wants no part of me. He's like, mom, what do, what do we, what do we think here? And the mother, I, I'll never forget this. She looks at us and says, why don't you both just grow up? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not really in the cards. At least not, not going to happen now. I think this you're missing Sunday. the point here, ma'am. <laughs> yes. But Tom uh, then follows up with, he's like, yeah, just what's the big deal? Just apologize to each other. And, uh, and so we did, I apologized to Jeff and he apologized to me. I don't think he needed to really apologize, but he did. And we just hugged and we've been uh, fast friends, uh, since thanks to Tom Cruise and his mom. Unfreaking believable. <laughs> I mean, who I can't get away from the idea that he brought his mom. Like, <laughs> like that part. Yeah. I can't tell which is like what, you know, was he just so far removed from the, or was she in town that weekend? Like one of, you know, one of us, but who, on a, who goes to Sunday football with their mom? That would make the most sense. Yeah. We didn't interrogate him on that issue, but it would make the most sense that she was in town. Maybe she was in town for a few weeks and he's like, I've, yeah, I've had it. I got to mix it up a little bit here. I got to take her out. How much, how many, you know, how many, how many times can we watch, uh, the days of thunder or whatever. I, we ha I have I to bring think, mom Do you out. think he watches his own movie, Sal? Uh, no, he probably doesn't. I, no, I, I don't know. I'm wondering. I mean, I, I see like a headline, Tom Cruise's mother, peacemaker at Jimmy Kimmel's Sunday football <laughs> skirmish. <laughs> that was it. That's a hell of a headline. I always had this vision that I thought at the time in terms of breakups, but that you should just be able to have a judge come in and judge your life. Yeah. Just to clear things up. But this is such perfect casting. Yes. Yeah. That you have Tom Cruise as the judge who you assume is like the star judge, but it's actually Estelle Getty. It's actually his mother <laughs> who he's brought along. <laughs> Who's really the one that we all fall in love it with? It really does seem like a it, it, it seems like a COVID dream, right? Like uh, I had a dream, like yeah, it was regular football Sunday, but the food was extra good, and Tom Cruise brought his mother, and Corolla was shitting out a football, and and then Sarah defended Jeff, and Jimmy defended me, and and his mother told us to grow up. Like yeah, it doesn't seem real on on so many levels. But I will say this: he's he's very nice. And then I met him once again after that. He came to Kimmel, and he remembered my name, and like. He was such a nice guy. He's a super, super nice guy. I know Jeff, this uh, eats away at you because you're not ever going to meet him. But um, <laughs> yes, this is. Thanks, Sal. I'm going to get him on here. We got to figure it out. You have to. Um, I don't know. Maybe one of you has says you have a last dying wish for a coconut cake or something. Although then he would just send it. How do we get him? Actually, honestly, could we have some there. sort of fight and ask him if he'll come and judge it with his mother? Oh, yeah. It's not a bad idea, yeah. guys. Yeah. Awesome. 
That's exactly. We it. can get yeah, in fights. Jeff with- and I can do that. Jeff and I can absolutely get. You in get on Dancing with the Stars somehow. Oh, okay, there's that first. That's tough. no. I think that's it. That's a very specific path. Yeah, I know. Maybe there's another way to do it. I feel like <laughs> I'm a good. I feel like I'm a good Netflix show away from being on Dancing with the Stars. So you know, <laughs> a good failed Netflix show. A good. Well, away. you know, no immediate. Like, like I, I mm-hmm. was the one. Maybe I got. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got a People's Choice nomination. You know. Maybe, yes. Maybe. Yeah, that might be the hard way to do it. Carol Baskin <laughs> got on. She just, oh, what did she do? She killed her husband. So just kill your husband, Jeff. Just do that. Maybe okay. that's easier. You know, guys, we haven't thought about asking him. <laughs> Sal, did we tell you that uh, we had Kevin Pollock on and he texted him? Oh, really? No. Yep. All right. That seems like a good start. He officially knows who we are. Oh, that's great. Knows and is, quote, enthusiastic about the show. Yes. But then again, we hear he's enthusiastic about many, many things. <laughs> Stop it, Alec. Stop it. Here's the problem with this. Here's the great thing. I put, I'm a gambling man. I put the over under at, Oop. what are we, March, the uh, middle of March. I'm going to say, I don't know his movie schedule, what the hell he has going on. I'm going to say September 5th. Around 3 p.m. is the over-under. And I'm going to go under. I think you get him. I think the Kevin Pollocks of the world, I think he hears about some things. And I think you're going to get him before then. Like you, Sal. Someone get someone. Write this down. Someone. We should be recording this. <laughs> the bad news is the podcast is over after he does. As soon as he takes the mic off, right? It, it's a little <laughs> bit of a weird thing we got going here. It's like now we're in the place where we want to get. Brad, I'm. T- you know what? I can't even talk to you right now because I'm freaking out that you gave us such a good line. September fifth. Like you set the line really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically Labor Day. September fifth, three p.m. Eastern or Pacific? Eastern or Pacific? That's tough. That it depends on your odds provider, but um, <laughs> they'll go mountain for now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go under and. Uh, I'm a betting man, so I'm going to do everything I can to make it work. Sal, being on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and all those years and, and all the guests coming by, was there anybody that got you? Was there anybody that you got starstruck by in the early days? Uh, Mike Tyson came on, and uh, that was back when we'd have a guest host every day, Monday through Friday. Um, not a guest host, I'm the co-host. So Jimmy would be there, and Mike Tyson would be there Monday through Friday. And the idea was I used to pillow fight guests. Um, I pillow fought Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, and Lennox Lewis and The Undertaker. I was pretty good. I have this down up move, which, you know, I'm obviously a lot shorter than these people, but I've been practicing all my life. And I usually I don't know if I get the better of them, but in a one minute long pillow fight, it would would be pretty close. So the idea, the um, this the the, the Holy Grail was going to be to fight Tyson right on the Friday of the co-hosting gig. So he has a million people claiming to be his manager. So we we we, ke- we talked to the wrong people Monday through Thursday. Finally, we talked to the right one and like, all right, Mike will uh, pillow fight Cousin Sal. And Jimmy's like, and then it came down that he's not going to pillow fight me. So he brings me into Mike Tyson's dressing room before the show. And he says, Mike, this is my stupid cousin, Sal. He wants to pillow fight you. <laughs> and, uh, and Mike says, uh, uh, I'm not going to do it. He's like, oh, come on. It's fun. We do it. He's pillow fought uh, The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Lennox Lewis. He's like, no, I can't do it. I'll kill him. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. He's good. He's like, no, we have video of all this. And, you know, he's he's you know, he's gone toe to toe with these guys. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to I'll fucking kill him if I do it. I really don't want to. And Jimmy says, Jimmy's like, no, no, no. Patru-. I was like, no, Jimmy, I, I get what he's saying here. Even if he loses the pillow fight. He's going to lose his mind and thank God he's on whatever drugs that could, he could figure out that he is eventually going to kill me one way yeah. or another, yeah. probably not with a pillow, 
But with those fists that we've seen him do so much damage with, (laughs) thank you, Mike, for being so lucid here. And so he never pillow fought me. And I do, I do appreciate that. I already have a scar on my head. You probably can't see it from pillow fighting because I pillow fought uh, Goldberg, you know, the wrestler Goldberg, right? And I was uh, getting the best of him. And so I figured I'll cut my losses. I'll run away. And he grabbed hold of my shirt and it, it, as I'm running full speed and he's grabbed onto my t-shirt and the t-shirt tore and I went right into a, what I thought was a curtain, but behind the curtain was a nail and it oh, just no. missed my eye. And I got, I had like 15 stitches. Holy <laughs> and my shit. wife, my wife was beside herself. Like you have to stop with this nonsense. And I explained to her, I was like, listen, you married a pillow fighter and you knew that going <laughs> in. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, and I'm standing by that. September 5th, 3 p.m. Mountain Time. Before then, you will have Tom Cruise on this podcast, for better or worse. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we keep things light at this show, but I'd like to take a moment and talk about something very serious. In the wake of the Atlanta shootings on March 16th, we feel compelled to say a few words. We here at Meeting Tom Cruise stand firmly with the Asian American and Pacific Islander community and demand a stop to Asian hate. The disturbing escalation of hate crimes and discrimination against the AAPI community is a reminder that racism in this country is an additional deadly virus we face that needs to be fought and extinguished. We at the show have no place for it and hope you don't either. This is yet one more cultural moment that we all hope will lead to more loving, learning, and listening. All right, we are heading towards the end of yet another episode, a successful one, I think, of meeting Tom Cruise. And we've got um, we've got some great comments on Apple Podcasts. And uh, this one is from Medi Todd, who says, fun premise, number one, very needed podcast. Number two, love the fanboy angle. Number three, for me, it teeters just on the edge of all those douche brothers cracking each other up pods. Nitpick. <laughs> Can we just acknowledge first off that we have a four and a half year old on the uh, yes. credits my, here with my us? Son, my son just wandered into the room. Um, and and for his sake, I, I will say, listen, listen, I proudly embrace the D-Bro moniker. Yeah. Also, also, listen, I don't want to ridicule on there or make fun of this person because they'd like our podcast. But I do like that they say the fanboy angle. Mm, it's not an angle. It's it's, it's a way it, of life. It's It's how we live and breathe day by day. We love movies and Tom Cruise the most. That's what you're getting here. He say we teeter on fanboy. He did teeter. I'm not sure he's listening closely enough. Are you teeter? <laughs> Joel, ask your kid what his favorite uh, Tom Cruise movie is. All right then. Meeting Tom Cruise is hosted by Jeff Meacham, Joel Johnstone, and me, Alec Lev. Hey, buddy, what is your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Star Wars. It's also produced by the same Alec Lev. Our executive producers are Doug Matica and Dan Patrick. Our engineer and mixer is Alex Reeves for Point of Blue Studios. <laughs> if everybody couldn't hear it, he just said, I'm throwing this at you. No, 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 no. That that you cannot throw. You know you cannot throw that. That, that you know is you a bowling ball. You can't throw it. It's a bowling ball. Editing by Alec Lev. 
with additional editing by Alex Reeves. Our music is by H. Scott Salinas and Matthew Atticus Berger. Artwork by Rebecca Montoya. That is a hand grenade, son. Why did I tell you about the hand grenade? Hey, hey. Executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Pinella for Workhouse Media. We are a production of Meeting So-and-So in association with Workhouse Media. Find us online at Meeting Cruise on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our website and show notes at meetingtomcruise.com. And you can email us at contact at meetingtomcruise.com. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Five stars are much appreciated. And write a review. It really helps people to find the show, and we just might read it on the air. Meeting Tom Cruise was created by Jeff Meacham and Alec Lev. Am I listening to you? In in what sense? <laughs> <laughs> Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Ooh, nailed it.